No, I'm, I'm, I'm an Arizona Cardinal. You know, uh, I've done nothing but, you know, give my all to to the to the Cardinals. So I would continue to do that. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm not really too worried about my future as a Cardinal. That was Kyler Murray last week making a public appearance, a chari- charitable appearance, where he donated $20,000 to a couple of organizations and facing the media for the first time in the offseason, answering uh, questions about his satisfaction level and um, the tone of what Kyler Murray said, Bick, quite honestly, was the 100% polar opposite of what his agent put out there. Yeah, it really in, was. In much more detailed form earlier really this offseason. But, um, you know, outside of it, you brought this point up in, in, in our show prep meeting, and I think this is a great question. If not for that awkward statement mm-hmm. put out by Eric Burkhart, the agent of Kyler Murray, we would really have no idea about his mindset on right. his career and right. the organization at this point. We still have very little, but that's been the only, other than that 13-second soundbite of him saying, I'm an Arizona Cardinal and I've given my all to this organization, which people have vehemently refuted. <laughs> yeah, and so it, it, and maybe that's exactly why the agent has gone out and done uh, a couple of the things that he has done, is to raise that level of awareness uh, in case things don't happen, I, I, it, it's really, really a crazy story to cover because we don't know what's coming still. If you were to believe Kyler Murray and what he said at that event last week, mm-hmm. you would believe that nothing is going to happen. Because when you vow that I, I'm all in with the Cardinals and will continue to be, that doesn't include a holdout or a hold in, as they like to call it in, yeah. in, in this day and age. Yeah. I'll report, but I won't yeah. practice. And, and yet everything the owner, or I'm sorry, the agent, especially that first statement, everything about that oozed, my client is not playing football for you if you don't give him money. Mm-hmm. Everything about it. It was as, you know, it was as off off the scale in terms of agent behavior as you're going to find. And and so we don't know what's coming with Kyler Murray. And so I think that it's you look at the options and you say, okay, it, it's either maybe the Cardinals have realized, okay, you know what, let's try to get a deal done. Let's try to make this thing work. Um, we, we've kind of, maybe they realized internally that there's not a good option outside of Kyler Murray. And if that's the case, then they probably, they might be deciding, okay, we'll, we'll get this done. It might be, it might just be, it might be a haggling over a number. The Cardinals might have this number in mind and Kyler Murray and his agent have that number in mind. And there might be a Grand Canyon between them. Mm-hmm. But that's I like what you did there. Thank you. <laughs> Is that any different though than them not them not wanting to give him the number he wants? Is that any different than them not wanting to give him a contract at all in the eye of the agent? No, that's that's if if you're convinced that these are my comps, then you are not making the commitment to winning, which we have heard from Eric Burkhart. The other one would be that maybe Kyler Murray's family has been the one driving this, and then maybe they've all kind of realized, okay, this is not a winning strategy, but. I don't know if I believe that. I mean, but how do you put the strategy be... out there and then pull it back? Right, you well, can't. But, but he, I mean, Kyler did the the Instagram thing. But otherwise, but as far as statements go, he has never said anything. He's always left it up to the agent, and maybe that's their strategy. Maybe the agent said that you're going to be the good cop, I'll be the bad cop. Right. You go out, you keep your public image, you keep the fans on your side, and let me handle 
the but, stuff, but that, yeah. but then you're asking everybody to believe that they're two different entities, and they're not. That's but the they're thing, not. and so and and that's that's the element here that I'm just I'm frustrated with it. Just the level of endless spin control and and telling us nothing and telling us that everything is fine and nobody's ever injured and everyone's day to day. We'll have to uh, talk to the training staff. Minor, right. minor, minor, uh, minor, minor, minor. Right. So and, and so to me, that, that good cop, bad, that might actually be their strategy. It but, might be. But again, anybody who knows how the dynamics of this know that the agent is representing the player's interests. And yeah, it, it, it's crazy. Well, imagine if, uh, let's say, uh, and I put forth that, that good cop, bad cop philosophy. Mm-hmm. Eric Burkhart, as the agent working for his client's interests, is the guy that's putting all the stuff out there that's hard to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, could you imagine if Kyler Murray doubled down on that strategy and appears, hey, here's $20,000. What's your commitment to the Arizona Cardinals? I want a new contract, and I want it now. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine the firestorm that would create? Yeah, you're right. It, and and it's, apparently Kyler's doing another public appearance today. And that's and, and this is part of, part of the genesis of all of this. Um we're going to ask Mark Schlereth about it because Mark Schlereth's actually involved in this or is attending this. So if there's another if there's another public kind of event, if Kyler Murray's in front of cameras again, then I, I wonder if there's going to be any advancement of this. If there's going to be any more talking about this, you know, this issue, or was that last time it was that last statement? I'm all in. I'm letting somebody else worry about the contract for me. Because you're right, it it would be very hard for Kyler Murray after what he said last Friday to go and do that. Sorry, yes, <laughs> not playing. Yeah, but what about what you? Yeah, that yeah, was, that no, was yeah. Uh, yeah. Eric Burkhardt, by the way, has not tweeted since St. Patrick's Day when he quote tweeted Ian Rappaport's uh, tweet about the Raiders trying to extend Derek Carr. And he quote tweeted that with the wait. So you're telling me teams with already uh, paid quarterbacks can also pay their highest paid wide receiver, two highly paid defensive ends, one of the highest paid offensive tackles, a highly paid tight end, well paid running backs, and then also still re up the quarterback as one of the highest paid. It's a choice, a choice to try to win or not. Hashtag commitment. Yeah, and that's and again, it's he he uh, very adroitly does not mention the Cardinals by name, but everybody knows who he's talking about. I, I don't know what his client list is. It's well, about his most five prominent people. one yeah. is Kyler Murray. Yeah, it's Kyler Murray, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. Kingsbury. There's a couple other dudes. But, right, so we know who he's talking about. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. It's not just that statement that he released. It's the multiple now tweets that are passively aggressive right. addressing the issue. Yeah, right. Exactly. Designed to agitate and embarrass the owner of the Arizona Cardinals. Which has really been, if you know the historical arc of this franchise, you know what a foolhardy strategy that is. Fun stuff, isn't uh, it? <laughs> will we get more answers today, or will we get more mystery? Find out. This summer. <laughs> Somebody's playing a dangerous game. <laughs> uh, last shot to participate in the madness. Text the word BUCKS to 620-620. Choose from the last four teams for your chance to win $500. That's BUCKS. To 620-620, it's the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks, presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. Coming up next, don't look now, but for those who are asking for it, the Phoenix Suns are getting some national love. We'll share it with you next. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 
98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata mornings. We don't know, and we sort of stay in our own little box. You know what I mean? Like, we got such a tight group, like a tight unit of team or whatnot. We we just focus on the next thing ahead. You know what I mean? Like like Jay said earlier, that thing, that situation last year hurt. You know what I mean? So we all just try to do whatever we can, you know, every day to just be a little bit better. So I think we, we, we learn to control what we can control. And we have fun while we're doing it. That's Chris Paul after uh, Sunday's win over the Philadelphia 76ers about the uh, subject of national disrespect, which always pops up in Phoenix, Arizona, when you mm-hmm. got a good uh, yeah, football team or basketball team yes, or baseball team, and nobody seemingly pays attention. But right. people are starting to pay attention. We talked about this swell maybe of of support for Devin Booker getting uh, his, his due respect. Now, it's not going to turn into an MVP award by any stretch, uh, but he did win Western Conference Player of the Week yesterday. But there is a national outlet, pretty prominent one, too, the Bill Simmons Podcast, who has a lot of listeners. He's been at the uh, the top of the podcast game for a while, but did a podcast with Ryan Rossillo on the uh, Bill Simmons Podcast and said a lot of glowing things about the Phoenix Suns and Devin Booker. My point is, you can get the Suns right now on even odds to win the West. All the indications are that unless one of these dudes gets hurt, they're making the finals, and they're probably winning the title. That's what all of the history says. And get ready to go to Phoenix for four rounds, national media. Uh, Ryan Rossillo, same conversation. Trying to figure out uh, why people aren't talking about the Suns more. Yeah, I don't really get what the hang-up is. Uh, maybe it's just because of losing in the finals, blowing a lead. Could be. You know, if you, ha- you don't have a title in your back pocket, it's tougher for us to give you the benefit of the doubt. There's certainly a lot of the anti-Chris Paul stuff because of the playoff failures, which you've covered a million times in the podcast. So maybe it still feels like it's new because we're not even through a completed second season with this group. But they have been on an absolute tear. And the clutch numbers, we'll get to them at some point. But mm. like tonight's tonight's another perfect example. Like as soon as we need to take over this game, we're going to take over this game. They even went 11-4 and four without Chris Paul through the stretch. But at first, when you heard about the injury, you're like, ah, oh, not this again. That could end up being something with him that's terrific because it gives him a few weeks of rest on top of everything else. Booker's been incredible. We know exactly who they are. They're head and shoulders a bit above what is still the better conference in the West despite more entries into the conversation from the East. So I think it's just because of Paul and it's still sort of new. New, but I, whenever I see some of these projections and people talk, I just feel like Phoenix is completely undervalued. I, I think Ryan Rosillo hits on a lot of key points there mm-hmm. uh, on why this is not more widespread. And yeah, people will look at last year's finals. They were up 2 nothing and they blew the lead. That was last year. This is a much better basketball team yeah. this year. Well, listen, I, I completely agree with you, and this is, a, this is a fundamental change in media, and it's not just sports media. It's also news. It's also politics. There was a time when real news entities would deliver just that, news. And people, if, if you chose to, to accept it or, or watch it, that was up to you. But We report. You decide. Fair and balanced, <laughs> right? And, and in that world... It, it's like it's like in the professional golf tour. There's a rule on the PGA Tour that if you're a host, a broadcaster, you have to show the leaders. You can't go, hey, you know what? People want to see John Daly and Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods. Let's show them. You can't do that on the tour during golf tournaments. You have to show the leaders. That's what I'm talking about here. And so in that world, the Phoenix Suns would be part of the daily conversation. Mm-hmm. In today's world... People are talking about the Lakers. Still, 
when I when I hear these morning shows on ESPN continue to talk about LeBron James, it makes me want to hurl. <laughs> it really does. Because it's pandering to the nth degree. And they act like they're actually having real conversations. Like LeBron James is suddenly going to flip a a switch in Hollywood and the Lakers are going to roll through the playoffs. They could be tied for the last spot (laughs) by the end of tonight. And so, and so, and so this is, I was harping on this all last year. Yet there is an element of disrespect. I'm not going to say there's not, but there's also an element of we're interpreting it as disrespect when all it is is pandering to their biggest audiences. If I hear a hot take show talk about the Dallas Cowboys, I'm also going to hurl because that's all they ever do. Imagine if LeBron went and played football (laughs) for the Cowboys. Could you imagine if he was a linebacker for the Cowboys? (laughs) Uh, Meanwhile, uh, on this same Bill Simmons podcast, here's Bill Simmons giving a little individual love to members of the Phoenix Suns. No, he's not going to be the MVP, but he's going to be in the top five. And we'll talk about some of the historical stuff. What, What I was thinking was there are these weird seasons over the years when there can almost be a duo MVP that trumps whoever the actual MVP was. And I'm wondering if the Chris Paul Booker combo will remember. There's been other examples of this. I, I think LeBron and Wade in 2011 was a good example. Uh, Durant and Curry together in 2017. That Warriors team was so good in 2017, they didn't even have a top five MVP. Going way back, there was West and Wilt, 1972. There was a Cowens Havlicek, 1973. So sometimes the team is awesome, but there's not one guy that's responsible for it being awesome, and we kind of don't know what to do with the MVP thing. I'm going to remember the Suns' backcourt probably first out of anything from this regular season. I don't know. Would you Would you have another candidate for that? If you're just like, how am I going to remember this season 10 years from now? I would probably start with Paul and Booker. I, I, I think that is, I hadn't thought of that. And I think that, you know, specifically to the Phoenix Suns is such an astute point. Mm-hmm. And use another local example of it. The 2001 World Series. Who were the co-MVPs of the World Series? The team was so good. They couldn't decide if it was Kurt Schilling or Randy Johnson. <laughs> right. they and they'll do that in the postseason. They don't do that normally for regular season. Oh, that would be On such the a... same team. There's been split votes before. See, you could sign me up for that. Yeah. You could definitely sign me up for that. I think that. that's actually a brilliant point. If your team is that good, how do you not reward them because nobody's responsible for it? Now, to Bill Simmons' point at the beginning of that soundbite, he said Booker won't be the MVP but will be top five. Interestingly enough, the latest ESPN... MVP straw poll came out today. Yeah. Where they have 100 votes um, and they kind of have a current in the moment gauge of where all these players are. Mm-hmm. Devin Booker, right now in, in this morning straw poll, moved up from tied for 10th in the last one to 7th. The players He's above moving him, on up. Jokic, Embiid, Giannis, John ja Morant, Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic, all wow. ahead. In this straw see, poll right yeah, now. So, see, some of that is just, that—that that is the nonsense of those with the MVP vote. Because he really, I don't know what you need to see to not have him top three, four. Top five is where he belongs, One, in my opinion. 100 voters, Bick. Only three players showed up on every ballot, top five. And that was Jokic, Embiid, and, and Giannis. Um, only two second place votes went elsewhere to not want one of those three players. Ja got one second-place vote. Devin Booker got one second-place vote. He finished third on three ballots, 14th on four, and eight, uh, 18 fifth-place votes right now. But seventh. Wow. For a team that could 
still has the opportunity to win 68 games. Yeah, see, and again, I, I, I said this yesterday. To me, I don't want... I don't want Devin Booker's soaring MVP candidacy to kind of overshadow Chris Paul. I don't think that's fair to Chris Paul. But that's just me. I'm not saying I don't want Devin Booker to be the MVP. I do. I just don't want anything about this dynamic changing. But I will say this. Near the end of Chris Paul's injury, before he returned, I forget what game it was. It was one of the games when Devin Booker was just sensational in the closing minutes. They went to a timeout, and Chris Paul had this look on his face like, like, he couldn't believe what Devin Booker was. Be what are you becoming? <laughs> right? He had that look on his face, like "Whoa, I knew you were good, but man." So, it, it, it to me, I, I think that it's it's very easy for all of us to interpret this as disrespect when a lot of times it's not that. It's just a it's just a network broadcasting in an echo chamber giving people what they want to hear instead of giving the actual reality of the NBA right right now. And the reality of the NBA right now is the Suns are kicking everybody's asses. That's the reality of the NBA right now. Yeah. But we might also, in terms of Booker and his motivation, we might be looking at it all wrong here in Phoenix. Mm -hmm. This disrespect, which has fueled him to this point throughout his career, maybe that's exactly what this team needs to carry them to a championship. And next year, that disrespect is completely wiped away. Again, There's no doubt. I think about Devin it. Booker's goal should be to win the Listen, Finals MVP. Yes, because because this MVP thing now, we we can tell this from voter habits. You get top five, you have this kind of year, you're going to be in the backs of everyone's minds. Next, you are now an MVP candidate for the next few years. It's oh, yeah. kind of the way it works. Mm-hmm. So there is a good that's coming out of this, in my opinion. Absolutely. Coming up next, we'll get you caught up on the big stories of the day through the Rush Hour reboot with Sarah Cazell. It's Bickley and Murata mornings, ninety-eight seven FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Setting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. That's American-owned and American-dreamed Brooklyn Betting. Hey, welcome in to the Rush Hour Reboot here on Bickley Emirata Mornings on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. I am Sarah Cazell with Dan Bickley. Hey, and I am so excited. Right now, Tiger Woods' plane is circling Augusta National. Yeah, yeah, and I know that because of this. Look at this, Vinny. It's a radar tracker. Well, somebody (laughs) typed in Tiger Woods' jet, and there it is. He's landing in Augusta to play practice rounds. Let's go. We've lost Bickley. Let's go. Wow. Uh, (laughs) With Dan Bickley is Vince Murata. Hello, it's me. <laughs> I'm really running out of hello. Say, how oh, how long okay. could this go on? I'm there's a lot the of doors. them. There's a lot of them. Yeah. And then there is Jarrett Carlin over there. Howdy, duty. Tremendous duty. Thank you. Duty indeed. Uh, this is the Rush Hour reboot. We go through the top stories every single day at this time. So let's start with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, this morning on ESPN Radio, Jay Williams on uh, Keyshawn J and Max, he handed out his current top six dynamic duos in the NBA. Heading into the playoffs. Uh Who are the top duos to watch in these final regular season games and going into the playoffs? Coming in at number four, Chris Paul and Devin Booker. CP3 and Devin Booker. We were talking about this, guys. I mean, this this (laughs) duo is here. This actually might be the best opportunity 
for CP3 to win a championship, even more so than last year. Think about the Warriors' injuries and Stephen Curry. Draymond Green is back. John Morant having somewhat of an issue health-wise. They're still loaded, even though Memphis Grizzlies are there. But still, even the East, if they beat up on each other, they may be perfectly suited for CP3 and Devin Booker. Okay. Wow, I hope that uh, I hope you feel sturdy on that limb you went out on there. <laughs> so here's his his top three was Kevin Durant. Get, oh, uh, sure. Uh, Durant and Irving. Yep. Embiid and Harden. They made the top six, but that wasn't number oh, wow. two. Um, I don't know. <laughs> okay, the top duo was KD and Kyrie. All right. Number two, Steph Curry and Draymond Green. Who have been hurt. All right. Uh, his third top duo was Giannis and Chris Middleton. Chris Paul and Devin Booker at four. James Harden, Joel Embiid at five. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown at six. He might have Brown and Tatum too low, too. <laughs> yes. And I, th- his co-host said as much. Yeah. Where would you have Devin Booker and Chris Paul? Top three? Top two? Um, The Durant-Irving... I mean, even though they've not been on the court together mm-hmm. much, the potential is so tremendous there. Um, they would be one. Who, Curry and Green were two? Number th- uh, two, yes. Oh, and then Giannis right. and Chris Middleton at three. Yeah, that's... I'd probably have... i probably have Booker and Paul at two. And Giannis and Middleton at three. They've proven it. Drop Steph and Draymond. Where's LeBron and AD, by the way? Well, yeah. It, and actually, hit one of his co-hosts asked. And yeah. he said, going into the playoffs, they are not a conversation piece right now. Yeah, I, I definitely... I, I struggle with Giannis and Chris Middleton because Chris Middleton is the most underrated player in the league. And and I think after we, witnessing him in the NBA Finals last year, I think Suns fans would either agree with that or say, yeah, he's pretty close. But he might not even be the Bucks' second best player. It might be Drew Holiday. Hmm. I'm not buying that. Okay, let's but, zoom out. But but two or three, I yeah, two, yeah. because because they're de- it's definitely not Embiid and Harden. Yeah, we just two saw that three. on Sunday. Sorry, two yeah. Or, yeah. Right, two I, or three. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Now let's zoom out on the history of the NBA. Greatest one-two punch, greatest duo in the history of the NBA. Who is it? Magic and Kareem. Although, very strange relationship, as I'm wor- uh, learning from watching <laughs> Winning Time Sunday nights on yeah. HBO. Yeah. Are, you, are you guys caught up? I'm, no, no, I'm not yet. I I've got seen a the first two. I've it's got, getting good. Yeah, Is it getting it's good? It's getting good, yeah. I don't, know, I don't know how real it is, but it's getting good. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to argue with, with that. Yeah. That was the basis of the league for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in his prime was just unstoppable. Yeah. Unstoppable, but their primes didn't. I mean, very. I mean, when Small Magic got there, overlapped. he was he was thirty two. Mm-hmm. But they played. I still think they played you know, six or seven years together. So now you're doing this longevity thing again, Jarrett. This is no. We're saying at their peak. That's all. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> all right. So you think Magic and Kareem, when they played together, were better than Shaq and Kobe? Yes. Okay. Shaq and Kobe very high on the list too. Sure. Or Dwayne Wade and LeBron James were arguably one and two in the league when they were together. But yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move on to the NFL and the Cardinals specifically. Will Hernandez met the media yesterday as the newest addition to the team. Uh, the O lineman joins the Cardinals on a one year deal, and here he is just sharing what he brings to the squad. Physicality, running the ball, um, you know, just completely getting after, having that mentality of of hating to lose and loving to win. You know. 
Um, this is just something that I felt like has built up even more over the years um, for obvious reasons. And I can't wait to just come out here and completely, you know, just, you know, take it to the next level and, you know, get 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 to where I want to get finally. OK, of the three outside players brought into the Cardinals, this free agency, O-lineman Will Hernandez, cornerback Jeff Gladney and inside linebacker Nick Vigil. Uh, can you rank for me, start, sit, cut style, which we haven't ah, done in a minute. Okay, right. Which player do you expect to have the biggest immediate impact? Hernandez, Gladney, Vigil. I'll let you go first, Beck. Um, I will start Will Hernandez. I will sit Jeff Gladney just on a roll of the dice. And I will cut Nick Vigil. That is the correct order. I think Vigil will be a contributor, certainly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully more on special teams than right. at linebacker, because if he's contributing that much at linebacker, I think <laughs> that means, that means things that still means aren't working out very issues. well. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would go I would go with that order. Right. Okay. And finally, you briefly touched on this a few segments ago, but um, NFL owners meetings going on in Florida right now. Lots of, lots of sandals and shorts going on um, with head coaches and owners out there. Some news that came down yesterday in an effort to continue to diversify the coaching pool in the league. You know, a very hot topic of conversation the last couple of years. All 32 teams starting this season must hire a minority offensive assistant coach again starting this season. That minority can be a woman or a member of an ethnic or racial minority per the policy. And they specifically need to work in tandem with the offensive staff and the head coach to groom them for what could eventually become a head coach opportunity, since so many of these head coach hirings come from the offensive side. Do you think this policy will work as intended? What do you think? I am I mean, I'm hopeful that it will. Um, I don't, I mean, we've been talking, the Rooney Rule is supposed to help things, and mm-hmm. here we are, how, how far into the, the implementation of the Rooney Rule, and this is and still, an, still issue. an issue. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know, I, I know the league signed off on this, and you know these coaches that will be hired will be paid out of a league fund, but you have to consider the fit of the coaching staff, too. I mean, it, it's not a perfect plan, I, I don't think, but it hopefully will work out in the future. Uh, yeah, I think that I think that something had to be done to alleviate the the sham interviews. So it wasn't enough to make teams interview minority candidates. Now they're obligated to actually hire a minority candidate. I, I hope that does change things. Um, I, I I would be I would willingly be the first team that hires Mina Kimes away from ESPN. <gasps> oh wow! Would not hate that. Yeah. That's Mina, a, girl, come I, back to Arizona. I, yeah, all right. Come back to Gilbert. She's a Seahawks fan. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that? Yeah. Her dad's a Seahawks fan, and that's how it happened. The Maybe only thing I question is, is, is and, and you specified too, it has to be on the offensive side of the ball. Yes. I'm not sure why that's the case. Well, because they, what they seem to think is most play callers on the offensive side are turning into these head coaches. But so if, they're trying, uh, they're yeah. trying to why, why pigeonhole. Pig, basically. But why pigeonhole? Exactly. Why, if the team says, hey, we, we could use the help or a fresh set of eyes on the defensive side of the ball, or by the way, our coach is a defensive-minded head coach. Right. I, well, that's not to say you can't hire a quote-unquote minority on the defensive side as well, but they've seen the trend of offensive minds that's becoming head coaches. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. So there you go. Wow. All right, Mina Kimes. Pack your bags! <laughs> <laughs> that's right.
Would you leave the security of a broadcasting gig for for the glory the, for the uncertainty of maybe a one year job in the NFL? Got to wear sweatpants to work though. Yeah, that's right. So I do, mean, so do I. Hey, sweatpants, <laughs> Thank you, uh, Sarah. Thank Rush you. hour Good reboot job, every Sarah. morning at uh, seven thirty. Coming up next. One of the big strengths, maybe the biggest strength of the Phoenix Suns has been their team chemistry, and it got us to thinking on the subject of great team chemistry. We'll explore it further next. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. You know what I think of this band? Garbage! Oh, really? <laughs> That's the name of the band. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I thought you were saying that as a no. I was being a stupid. double. I was being stupid and really untimely with my attempt at humor. No, I thought that was funny. I think I think Jarrett, you were actually fooled. No, no, no. I, I knew what he was doing, but I okay. thought he was doing it because he actually didn't like the band. Well, I think they're trash. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I don't get it. Shirley Manson. You after the show. Charles Manson, <laughs> Dave, Manson Dave Manson, Marilyn Manson. <laughs> uh, there, uh, it's the uh, Tuesday edition of Bickley and Murata Mornings, live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios. We will be joined in the 8 o'clock hour in studio by our favorite football guest, Mark Schlereth, uh, who's in town for a Kyler Murray event. But he's been kind enough to spend some time with us in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, one of the things, you can quantify a lot of things with the uh, Phoenix Suns mm-hmm. this year. Uh, and the win-loss record of 61-14 and 14 proves mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But one thing you can't quantify for any team, good or bad, is mm-hmm. chemistry. If you could, I think you'd see the chemistry of this year's Phoenix Suns team is absolutely off the charts. Yeah. And I've always been fascinated by this subject on whether chemistry lends to winning or winning lends to chemistry. Yeah. Either way, the Suns are in a great spot. Yeah. Because this is a team that really enjoys playing with each other. And it's it, it's so over the top with the Suns that it's it really truly is, this is not hyperbole, it is the best team chemistry, chemistry I have seen in my entire life from any sports team, and I've been doing this a long time. And it's... It, it's something the Suns would agree with. Even last year, they spoke of how this feels like a college team. And then even on our days off, we want to hang out together. Mm-hmm. And then we actually miss each other. And it, the on-court, what they do for each other on the court in terms of playing defense and passing the ball, those are sure indicators of how good a team's chemistry is. Well, one of the things I think that is very interesting, is, and we talked about this in terms of the ingredient that the Suns needed coming out of the bubble, and then they go out and they make the trade for Chris Paul, and what that did in a bump of leadership. Mm-hmm. Recently on a podcast, um, and it was J.J. Reddick's podcast, Matt Barnes was a guest. Both those guys played with Chris Paul yep. during their careers. And I think they were both in agreement. I know Matt Barnes said it. I didn't, I didn't hear the whole clip, but um, they both kind of said, Chris Paul's an acquired taste yeah. when it comes to leadership. Yeah that it might take a while for people to fall in. That's what makes this chemistry experiment right so money. fascinating, is that the Suns had no experience, really, of anybody playing with Chris Paul, hadn't mm-hmm. experienced that type of hands-on, demanding leadership, but they all fell in line quickly with Without it, and it's been evident ever since. Uh, so the point that you're making, I think, is the most poignant one. It's not just that adding Chris Paul was the thing that put this into overdrive. It's putting Chris Paul with the right blend of players. Because as they said in that podcast, Chris Paul's not for everybody. There are some teams that, uh, 
some teammates, James Harden, uh, yeah. who block him, who don't want to stop. And then there are teams like yeah. this that, like Oklahoma City a couple of years ago, this one this one is is that to the nth. Well, I think and, the Lob City Clippers eventually uh, were weary of mm-hmm. Chris Paul. Yeah, I mean, Blake Griffin if, if, and, you, if you go back and look at the talent that they had on that roster and the fact that they didn't win anything, it's mind-boggling yeah. how much talent they had in the prime of their careers. But again, to that point, now add in the Devin Booker thing. You brought in James, brought up James Harden. When Chris Paul got paired with James Harden in Houston, James Harden was a established superstar in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, putting Chris Paul on last year's 2020-2021 Phoenix Suns, Devin Booker is on the ascension of being a superstar. Mm-hmm. So the timing of that acquisition from a chemistry standpoint was perfect because Devin Booker had places he wanted to go and still does and wasn't threatened by Chris Paul. Right. Wanted to use him as a resource and a team leader. It, it, I mean, it, it was a, a perfect acquisition at the perfect time for the Suns. Without a doubt. And so they've just got this perfect blend of dudes, hardcore dudes, goofy dudes, dudes who just want to win. Um, there have been a lot of studies on, on trying to quantify chemistry, which is very obviously very difficult to do. Mm-hmm. But there has to be the element of winning because winning is because so if you're with a group of guys and you're like, hey, this feels special. If you don't have the winning to affirm it, then it, you you go okay. This isn't that special because as much as we like each other, we can't we can't win on the court or wherever. Um, there's also been studies. Check this out. So teams with great chemistry generally have this is according to a study stable leadership. Clearly, the Suns have that. Mm-hmm. Teams with great chemistry build off their previous success. We're seeing that this year. Teams with great chemistry have the right people on the team. We've seen that. Teams with great chemistry are always innovating. I think Monty Williams is very good at that. I would agree. And always shaping something different, new, you know, innovating. Teams with great chemistry finish well. I think I think this team is... Yeah, look at the clutch time stats. Right, yeah, that's right. a pretty good finish. Teams with great chemistry work very hard. Teams with great chemistry have dedicated space for building a sense of community. That's something that's obvious with this team. This team is obviously embracing others into their group, the community, right? Mm-hmm. Teams with great chemistry are tight. Teams with great chemistry have a competitive edge. Those are the nine things that came out of a study on chemistry, for what it's worth. And and whether or not you believe it, all of those happen to apply to the Phoenix Suns. What do you think the team, uh, does one come to mind, a team that did win a championship? That from the outside looking in, you're like, how do they do that? They, they, Kobe, Shaq, Lakers. Yeah, they hated each other. And the famous is the Yankees of the what the 70s. Oh yeah, Reggie the, the Jackson, Bron- Billy Martin, Greg Nettles. <laughs> what was it? Bucky Dan, Chris Shambles. Twenty seven players, twenty seven limos or something. What was the? Wasn't there a saying? Twenty seven cabs. Yeah, something yeah, like that. Right. Yeah. Hey, the eighty six Mets were an interesting study too. Oh yeah. That, that, <laughs> I don't that, know if they didn't like each yeah, other, but they took chemistry a little too literally. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Also, biology. Right. <laughs> Human you, sexuality. Yeah, so when you when you think about Phoenix, Arizona, you think about, all right, what, what, what comps do we have here? I remember that 2015 Cardinals team had remarkable chemistry yes. until Tyron Matthew blew up his knee. And then, then they scrambled and they were never the same. Well, and I think that position group in particular – 
was such a strength from a chemistry standpoint. Yeah. I mean, with, with Tyron yeah. Matthew, Patrick Peterson, Gerard Powers, Rashad Johnson, those yes. guys oh, really, really oh, enjoyed playing with each other. That's a great point. Yeah. But Matthew was so good, and to lose him was, right. was, was a key blow. The Diamondbacks in 2011, that was the Kirk Gibson, uh, Kevin Towers year where they caught magic in a bottle, mm-hmm. almost beat the Brewers in that divisional series. I think the 2017 Diamondbacks. Yeah, they would qualify. Yeah. Any of those guys left on the team? <laughs> Paul Goldsmith! Paul Gold- 2017? Absolutely not. David Peralta, I guess? Yeah. Um, Nick Ahmed was on the team, wasn't he? Yeah. Not everyday player, though. Yeah, yeah. Because he hit 130, <laughs> 180 like he does yeah. now. <laughs> Dang, Jarrett. <laughs> Spoken like a true fantasy baseball player. Yeah, Just pulling that off the top of your head. So, yeah. So, in, in terms of basketball, the Suns, it, the Alvin Gentry year, when they went to the Western Conference Finals, I remember very vividly yeah. that that was that whole team's vibe. They had a great relationship between Steve Kerr and Alvin Gentry, so the GM head coach component was as good as it is now. They had Grant Hill, they had Steve Nash. Was Boris was a big part of that team, wasn't he? By that time? Maybe he wasn't by that time. Uh, Channing Fry, Jared Dudley. Goran Dragic. Yeah. It's amazing how you're... <laughs> I-, I can't pinpoint the rest of that team, honestly. Jason Richardson, Barbosa. Oh, yeah. You could just say his name. He was on the team three times, right? Yeah, <laughs> you probably get that right. He's a member of the three timers. There's club. never been a team with this kind of chemistry. Never. I mean, it and, is so insanely good. It, it just you, and you mentioned they're all different kinds of people. Yeah. Like the the Mikel Bridges, DeAndre Ayton personality, you think would not jive with the Jay Crowder, Chris Paul, JaVale McGee, but they do. Yeah. They do. They do. Yeah, that's amazing. It's time for Character Counts, brought to you by Parker and Sons Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. Phoenix Suns superstar Devin Booker paid homage to Women's History Month by buying out an entire order of Girl Scout cookies thanks to the women, uh, to thank the women of the Suns and the Mercury. The Arizona Cactus Pine Council Division of the Girl Scouts set up their cookie stand outside Footprint Center before receiving a FaceTime call from Book who purchased all their cookies and told them to pass them out to all the female workers in the arena. Uh, Christina Spicer, who's the interim co-CEO at Girl Scouts Arizona Cactus Pine Council, said, quote, we are so unbelievably grateful for Devin Booker to allow us to have this great experience for our girls as well as the Phoenix Suns and Mercury Women. And if you haven't checked out that video, seek it out. It's very, very heartwarming stuff. Well done, Devin Booker. And that is Character Counts brought to you by Parker and Sons Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. Coming up next, 8 o'clock hits. So does the Bickley Blast. That's next. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.